This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Go Gohey gets a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. This is not the last A's Cast Live of the year. So... Don't worry about it, folks. Everybody's like walking around going like the season ends. Our season doesn't end. Cody, does our season end? It does not. We are back on Monday. Oh, we're here tomorrow. Well, we'll we'll be here tomorrow. Final game. We're on at 10? 10, yeah. We're going to be on at 10 tomorrow live from the field? Correct. But we don't go away. We are going to be back Monday. We start our off season. Everybody else, they're going to vacation. They're going to go off to Iceland and Ireland like everybody else. And then uh, us, we're we're back working on Monday. We will start at 1 o'clock. That will be our new time, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 1 o'clock from 1 to 4. And if you can't tune in live at that time, don't worry. We replay it from 4 to 7. So basically, uh, we're on from 1 to 7, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Can't tell you enough. We're going to be at the winter meetings. We are going to be down at Fantasy Camp. We are going to keep you covered all. We'll take you all through the playoffs as the playoffs are going to start Friday. And we'll take you all the way through the World Series and then next thing you know, I, I know you're going to enjoy Thanksgiving, enjoy the holidays, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Super Bowl, bang, spring training starts. I mean, it literally, I don't even know. When is, is the Super Bowl in still February this year? Uh, yes. Where is Super First Bowl? or second week? It's in Arizona. Yes, it's usually the second week of February. It's been floating around. Yeah, no, last lately. year was like the second week. It's not – I have to I'll look up the Super Bowl. So it's like right after the Super Bowl, pitchers and catchers report, and, and we're back at it. By the way, I have a fantastic show for you today. I don't know how we're going to get it all in. The great Mike Gallego is going to join us coming up here at 410. Stephen Vogt will be here at 430. Fran Reardon will be here, the manager of the Aviators, who right now is manning third base, uh, will be here at uh, 445. Eno Saris will be here at 5 o'clock. Dallas Braden, Dallas Dallas, Dallas Braden is is c- c- come sit down please. 
the great Dallas Braden is uh, stopping by. Who I have you, have you been getting? I mean, your life's got to be crazy, right? This it's, season, the baby, everything. Yeah, I got a lot going on, Tony, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here because I want fans to understand something. I want fans to know something about someone that they already love a lot. And this isn't going to do anything to make them fall in love with him anymore. Maybe it will. Perspective. That's what this game provides. That's what I think people should always maintain when you talk about this game. What I saw today was just something that I I knew I was going to see it. You almost show up to the ballpark wanting to see it, and it didn't fail me. Steven Vogt's going to retire in 24 hours. Correct. Stephen Vogt's never going to put on another pair of shin guards. I know exactly where you're going. Never going to put on another chest protector. Yes. He's he's not going to be asked to. If he wanted to, he probably could. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about here, though. In 24 hours, his life will change. Today, there's work to be done. Today, Stephen Vogt, 24 hours away from hanging up the gear and never putting it on again, is out here early blocking balls, working on technique, doing drills, trying to get, as I highlighted yesterday in our broadcast, just 1% better today. He's never going to have to do it again after tomorrow, Townie, and today he's going to work. Do you know what kind of example that sets? When you talk about culture in an organization and you talk about people that make an impact, that right there is all the example you need as to what a foundational type guy should be. It might not show up at this point in time on the back of the baseball card. The, the scoreboard might not light up statistically. I don't give a damn about any of that at this point. When you are sending those types of messages and Shay Langoliers and Sean Murphy are watching that unfold, knowing that when I'm 10-plus years down the road here, and I've got this to look forward to, this is what I want to be doing, setting this kind of example for the future of our organization. I just wanted to make sure that you folks at home know that that's what's going on out here. 24 hours away from retirement, Stephen Vogt is still putting work in like he just got called up to the big leagues for his first time in his first September. I got here today, and while I was doing my NBC hit, I looked down, he's with Eric Martins doing backhand drills. Yeah. I was like... He's done tomorrow. Yeah. He's, he's doing backhand drills done. for the infield. That's it. I, I just wanted much. to make sure that folks understood hey, that and appreciated that. Thank you for everything you do for us. No, thank you. Because I know it's going to be a while before we see you. We're going to be down at Fantasy Camp, by the way. Right on. I'll be there. Uh, but seriously, all the kind words you've said for me, Cody, and how you and Glenn have promoted us and made us the number one podcast in baseball. No, we, we, you, we can't you, thank you enough. You have done that. We're just making sure people are reminded where to find you. I mean, if, if you're looking for A's content, if you're looking for this kind of stuff, they know where to go. How and about Mike Gallego's next? Oh, Gags. He's Mike a beautiful. Gallego. He's a beautiful human. The great Mike Gallego. Beautiful human. Gags, get over here. He is one of our all-time favorites. Thank you, Dallas. That Absolutely. is a uh, great thing, telling, uh, seeing what Stephen Vogt means to this club and obviously honoring him uh, tomorrow means so much. And our next guest, uh, he means a lot, no doubt. As, you know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about you when Stu was getting honored. It was such a magical day when they're retiring his jersey because it became more than just honoring Dave Stewart as you had your guy Skipper out here, Tony La Russa, 
Uh, you had Eck. You, you had a Big Mac showed up. Carney was here. Steiny was here. And it was like a celebration. Because I think when you honor Dave Stewart, you're honoring Oakland baseball, and I think you're honoring the 89 team. It was a special day. I wish you would have been here. I always miss the good parties. I don't know what, <laughs> what, what the deal is with that. They, I, I got Some of these guys don't have to work anymore. I still have to work to, pay, to put food on the table, you know. So, um, yeah, I, it, you know, being a part of that whole uh, uh, timetable, uh, it's nothing but good memories. And uh, to hear those names, um, it really makes you proud to say you were in Oakland A. You know, you, you, you wore the green and gold. It's something that uh, – uh, you know, is, uh, you know, you feel like I've always been part of this family and yeah. I always will be, you know, every time I come back, I get such a, a great greeting from, you know, the, the, the workers, the security guards, the, uh, you know, the clubhouse guys, and then the fans, every once in a while you get a little sputtering of, uh, the fans saying, welcome home, you know, and, and, uh, it really makes you feel good and, and, you know, definitely be proud of that that uh, era that uh, we were, you know, brought to the, the city of Oakland. And, and uh, it was exciting times for all of us. And uh, it's something that, um, you know, uh, we're all blessed to say that we were a part of those teams. Well, and, and I just, you know, you can talk about the, the three straight World Series, but when you really look at the team that won in 89, and because of the earthquake, you don't have the parade. You don't have what a lot of teams. I think about, you know, you guys are down in Southern California. You think if you win a championship during COVID, you saw with the Dodgers, they didn't get that with the COVID thing. But you guys truly were one of the greatest teams that's ever been assembled. Yeah, we, we were, you know, we, we were definitely impressive, you know, uh, uh, you know, when we walked onto the field. You know, the, the, the size of those guys were just, uh, uh, they carried, they, we all carried ourselves bigger than, you know, we actually were, you know, and uh, for, for my sake, anyways, the other guys are pretty darn big, but, uh, but those guys, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was fun to be a part of that. It was fun to watch the other teams come out and watch our big boys take batting practice, you know, and, and uh, it was something that, uh, you know, we look forward to every day. And it was, it was a time for Hosey and, and McGuire to show off a little bit, which they did. Um, and they loved it. I mean, we go into different cities. We'd have to go in through the uh, the back door to to get in because there's so many fans. You know, we're we're a rock group. You know, rock rock stars. And and uh, uh, it was it was a exciting exciting time. But at the same time, uh, we didn't lack uh, you know the need or the knowledge of of working every day. You know, these guys. We all worked. Uh, we had a uh, uh, similar goal every single day, and that was to compete and win a ball game. And uh, that was what—that's what was the amazing part of what Tony Larusa did with this team. We had so many different characters on that team, so many superstars, Hall of Famers, you know, and then just peons like myself. But he found a way for us to, once the bell rang from the first pitch on, be ready for the first pitch. We'll never forget that. You better be ready for the first pitch because that's when the team, that game, could be made or broke. And uh, we went in with that attitude every single day, every single game for, you know, five, six years. And uh, it worked. And, you know, we played as a group. Um, you, know, every, you know, everyone had their, their accolades and, their, and their, you know, their records and all the things that they ended up doing. But at the time, it was only what can you do to help the team win today? And I swear to God, we had 25 guys every day thinking that way. 
after the game is a different story. <laughs> <laughs> but thank God you <laughs> didn't have Twitter back in your guys' <laughs> oh my, day. Oh, thank God. You're right. There's, oh, there's, my God. Cell phones? Oh, oh no. forget about it. But but it was it was amazing to see that machine work uh, and be guided by Tony. And then, and then basically he picked his guys, his players that he knew would uh, – you know, be the bulls of the team and, and help run the team. And, and he he didn't have to police anything after that. We policed ourselves, you know, and, and uh, uh, it was a it was a tremendous um, uh, group to be a part of and uh, be ready to come out here and fight and compete every single day was it was just just part of it. And, and that that was the fun of it, you know, and, and we challenged each other um, when uh, we pushed each other. We cried together, we fought together, we partied together, and um, you know, to this day, we're all we're all still brothers. And and uh, you know, when we see each other at these celebrations, it's it's always something special for us to be part of. Yeah, that day was no question was was really really special. When I think about the A's and the Angels this year, I've been asking this question. We had Aldo on yesterday, and I think the same for you. You're a teacher at heart. You love to teach. You love to coach. In a year like this where all the fans like, oh, my God, the worst thing ever, most players ever used, you know, the records aren't what you want to be. But there's a lot of teaching going on. You guys get back to a lot of basics, a lot of fundamentals. What's that been like for you this year? Well, you know, that's, you know, that's why you coach, you know. Um, and, and you said it right. I, I don't consider myself a coach. I consider myself a teacher. And uh, I've always been, uh, you know, respectful and proud of all the different teachers I had when I was a player and I always said that you know uh, when I became a teacher or became a coach I wanted to be one that I would want my own son to have and uh, uh, you know to be uh, respectful to the player to be open to the player but at the same time you know there's times you have to set set down the hammer and let them know that you got to get certain things done in order to be successful in this business it's not a, it's, it's a man's game and, and it's it's not easy to to be a, a major league player or else you know we'd have all kinds of them running around but um yeah it you know the, the the thing is like you said teaching we just we just went through our um team uh, uh exit meetings and we went through every single player and what are you going to say to a mark i mean a uh, uh, mike trout or Oshohei Tani, you know, after in the in the you know in the meetings, as far as being crit- critical with these guys or critique their play, and uh, basically we talked to them and they felt that they got better in a lot of aspects of their game. Mike Trout became a better outfielder, and he's worked at it. And he and he, and this year he really worked at it. Uh, Shohei Otani became a better uh, uh, base stealer, better teammate as far as communicating with the rest of his players, even though there's a language barrier. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and that's important, you know, and, you know, Anthony Rendon, he he became more open to being that type of leader that we need. So there's the three top players in our game, and they were actually learning something in a, in a year that was, you know, something that we're hopefully we'll forget about real soon. But um, that's the beauty of the game. There's if, if you come in with an open mind, uh, there's something to be learned every single day. And, uh, you know, I've been in the game for a few years now. And yeah. uh, um, there's Nice some little <laughs> career you've, you put together I've for been, yourself. I, I've been very fortunate, <laughs> no doubt. But it's, it's something that uh, I've always brought with me to the ballpark every day. What can I learn today? Who can I learn it from? You never know who you're going to learn it from. You might learn it from a Chris Townsend. You never know. 
I mean. <laughs> yeah, you might. Listen up. You might learn something. I can't wait for the shifting to be gone. Get, oh, off, get off my lawn, Mike Gallego. Yeah, I want right? shifting gone. I feel you, brother. We're, we're, we're going to play baseball again. Right? Hey, hey, Geyser, swear to God, we played a game last night that was three hours and 49 minutes. It's a joke. We're actually going to get guys. I know this, this is going to be rare. They're going to get on the mound. They're going to throw the baseball. Guys are going to hit it. There's going to be players in proper position. We're going to actually play the game of baseball starting next year. You're going to have to, like, read a bat. You're going to have to read a swing. You're going to have to get a jump now. You don't just stand on your dot. I'm looking forward to that. Where's my card? (laughs) Where am I supposed to stand here now? Oh, God. I can't can't stand watching a player. Your guy's pitcher last night, your lefty, he was, like, 36 seconds to the plate. Mm, Almost 40 seconds. That's terrible. It's terrible. We know that. And... That's going to be a big part of the game, too. The pitch clock is going to be huge. You know, I never thought we'd have to get to that, but I'm all for that, too. I mean, these games are ridiculous. And, yes, what, what, is, the, what is the reason for these pitchers to take so long? Because their pitch comm's not working? Yeah. They can't hear or they don't have the right card in their pocket? Or, you know, I, that has something to do with it. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that uh, you know, pitch clock works and and i know i it's been, they said it's been very successful in the minor league so we're looking forward to it and if we can speed these games up by all means and i'm thinking for you as a middle infielder or for anybody especially if you're a corner outfielder if a guy's taking 35 seconds i mean how are you not my, your mind's going somewhere else getting these guys on the mound throwing strikes boy that really helps out for your defense time of possession is a big is a real it's definitely <laughs> real <laughs> you see a, a, a Mike Trout out there standing out there for 20 minutes after he just hit a home run and took the lead, and now we're giving up three more runs because of time of possession out there. It, it definitely wears on you in a losing season especially. and uh, Well, I mean, any type of season. But, uh, yeah, you want to try and keep the, the pitchers. Some of these young pitchers, I don't know if they are uh, totally in tune of what's going on behind them sometimes because they're so locked into their pitch comms and their – their pitch, you know, their, their catchers calling the signs and stuff. But, um, you know, and, you know, our infielders too afraid to get too close or else it'll be a, a visit, you know. So you can't, you can't really communicate with your oh, pitchers yeah. sometimes either. So there's a lot of things that are, you know, a little different, you know. But um, hopefully, um, you know, well, winning solves all, all problems. You know? It's greatest deodorant <laughs> of all time. Winning solves them all. Clears so up any stink. We'll, we'll put up with anything if you're winning. But when you're losing, you can di- definitely find the warts out there in this game, and, and hopefully we can uh, uh, put the right solution on those and, and smooth it out a little bit. Shohei Otani, obviously we've actually talked to you about this already, about the greatness and the talent, and I, we've talked to Unicorn and everything. But it's my job to also look at baseball, and we've been looking at it, and I started kind of looking at some data He's so phenomenal, but there's a but for me. And I brought this up with one of your guys' writers, and I said, hey, listen, anytime you ever bring up Shohei, and if you say anything that might be critical, you're going to look like a jackass. I get it. But there is something about a player that never plays defense and a guy that you got to have a six-man rotation. Because that means you got to have a lot of starters. And I know we have to have a lot of starters. So his talent is so great. Are you still trying to figure out, though, how to maximize it the best way you can to get more vol- volume out of this great talent? Let's put it this way. You're an owner. You just signed him for a $30 million extension. I'm, I'm playing him every day. I'm playing him <laughs> in the field. And don't ask me that. I'm, this is literally we, he's we, playing shortstop. He's <laughs> we tried it. Um, 
you know, last year a little bit, I think he went out there a couple innings. Three, four times. Three, four times. No ball hit him. Nothing was ever hit to him. <laughs> and we all went, wiped our bro after the inning was over, and like, thank God nothing happened. But, you know, yeah, I'll tell you one thing. He's, he would be all for it. Shohei would be all for it. He's a gamer, right? Oh, my God. The ultimate gamer. He is – he loves being out there. He he loves playing. He wants to be in the lineup every single day. And he gets mad at us when we shut him down on, on stealing bases. I mean, it's like, why am I not – why don't you give me the green light? You know, what what's going on? Well, you know, pitcher's kind of quick to the plate. And he's at, he goes, yeah, but the catcher's slow to second base. So it evens out. I can steal off this this combo type of thing. He's a student of the game. Um, loves the loves the play. He's one of the first guys at the ballpark every single day. Um, he has his own he has his own routine, but he knows what it takes to be prepared for each and every day. So, would we like to see him out there on the field more often? Who wouldn't? I mean, this guy's this guy's uh, you know uh, an entertainer. You never know what he's going to do out there. And uh, he never he, he never su- surprises us when he does something special. Oh, I got to tell you, this is it, it, it continues to be. And I did this with uh, I uh, we did this yesterday, and it continues to amaze me where they keep bringing up in these notes about well, you know, he could be traded in the off season. As an owner, are you out of your mind? How much money the Angels are making off him from Japanese corporations? I mean, the amount of money this guy may generate more money for a franchise through advertising than any player in the history of baseball. Well, there's definitely a lot of fans that follow him everywhere we go. Right? Oh yeah, and they and they're not sitting in the in the cheap seats. They're, they're sitting in the front row trying to trying to just have him look at him. You know, they've got every at bat there's cameras, phones that are just being run through every single at bat. When he walks into the dugout, when he sits up top step, people are just you know, the security guards are constantly pushing people away from our dugout because they just want to get a glimpse of Shohei Otani. He's, he's obviously a folk hero, and uh, he's so humble about it. It's amazing. He's, such a, he's, he's a kid at heart, um, and he plays hard every single Watch him run the first base every at-bat. You know, he, he doesn't have to run like that, but he does. Um, it, it's just amazing to watch a kid with so much talent, so much stardom that is so humble and plays the game as hard as he does every single time he's on the field it's 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 a pleasure to watch very refreshing to watch and you got two of those guys like a Mike Trout and and Shohei Otani we're blessed to be a part of that organization to be able to see that every day well you're the only person in franchise history that has an action figure it's not a bobblehead (laughs) it's not I can not a beady baby it's not whatever fads going on you were an action figure the only guy in the history of the Oakland Athletics that the greatness of Mike Gallego became an action figure. <laughs> well, it was actual size too, so no one ever <laughs> talked about that. So, <laughs> um, but I do appreciate Billy for keeping me around for that day because I know uh, he had a, had other plans for me in mind uh, as soon as Wash got into town. So uh, he kept me around for that day, anyways, and uh, ended up ended up departing from the Oakland organization, which was a very sad day for me, but. Uh, I do appreciate everything that the Oakland organization uh, gave to me and my family and how they treated me here. It was, it was always something very special and something I'll never forget. And, you know, the, the uh, friendship that Billy and I have is unique, uh, but he's uh, always going to be uh, – always always respect Billy for uh, what he's done with this organization and, and for the game. 
Well, you'll always be loved and always be a big part of this franchise history as a player, as a coach. You know that, so it's always great to have you on. Have a good off season, and can't wait to see it spring training. Appreciate it. It's always fun. Degree. You look good, by the way, huh? I'm, I turned 50. Out? I got a 50, big 5-0. Yeah, I got to right. get back. And got, got a little worried. Got to get in shape. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it yeah, changes. We got to, we got to, it changes. You it got, changes fast. You got to make adjustments. It's a game of adjustments. All you of a sudden, keep adjusting. I'm not going for par fives like I used to. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey. I got to get it back. Yeah, you get, we're going to chipping game. Hit it close. <laughs> the great Mike Gallego. We got Stephen Vogt coming up next right oh, here on A's. I'm going to stay around Live. for that one. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, the A's got the victory last night. Two games left. You got today and you got tomorrow. Michael Lorenzen up against Cole Irvin today. Uh, Stephen Vogt is walking by for his last interview as a Oakland A's player. You know, Shoei Otani has not homered since September 11th. 20 games, right? Yeah, it's a 20-game homerless drought, the longest of his career. And... uh, but obviously, he's got an 18-game hitting streak, which is the longest of his career. And now joining us as a very another special moment in what is turning out to be a uh, weekend I don't think he ever dreamed of. I mean, seriously. I mean, this weekend's become all – I mean, not a weekend, but this last three games have become all about you. What, what, what has that been like? Um been humbling honoring um emotional yeah. uh, i'm i i couldn't be more thankful uh this isn't i never dreamed of this or asked for this or uh but to have you know the organization my teammates uh coaches staff everyone you guys media uh just to to be recognizing me this way is um, something I could never have asked for or dreamed of, and it's uh, it's been incredible. You know, it really says a lot about you that all this is happening, and it's because how you've treated people and how you've acted as a professional and how, how you've just been a great teammate, a good person to the organization and everywhere you played. And, and this moment, you know, I think about down in Anaheim where your wife surprised you with a bunch of your uh, college buddies. That had to be like, I mean, you can't prepare for that. No, 
No, there's been a lot of moments. Uh, Alyssa has been – she's done so much behind the scenes for these last this last week. Uh, that was just the tip of the iceberg. There's been so many things and got surprised by some friends today, Some surprised by some friends uh, last night. And I have no idea what, what's in store for tomorrow. But um, <laughs> I just uh, – I'm so thankful, Townie. Obviously, just people – the people in my life and, and, and everybody here – just the words and the actions and the thank yous and the hugs. And um, like I said, I'm blown away. It is something I never expected and uh, just so thankful, so thankful for the people that I've been able to meet and come across in this game. You know, it's the little things that I remember. I remember years ago, it was your after your second time going to the All-Star game, I was walking down the tunnel with you towards our cars, and you're telling me about how your second time was so different because the first time you partied, you had a really good time, but the second time you really got to experience it. You know, the best times of your career, the playoff hit, winning a playoff game. I mean, obviously it's going to take nothing away from Atlanta, win a World Series, but the, so, so many great times just as a player and now with your family remembering you as an A, so many good times just here. Yeah, this is home. Uh, it always has been, it always will be. We, we've loved everywhere we've played, right? I mean, that's one of the things that I've, I've learned throughout my life and career and been told by mentors is be present wherever you go, wherever you're doing, whoever you're with, be 100% present with them and in that moment. And I've tried to do that in every aspect of my life and in every season of my life. But when I think about my baseball playing career in the major leagues, the first thing that pops into my head is the Oakland A's. And the 13 playoff run, the 14 wild card game, the – the all-star games and, you know, coming back this year for this final final season and um, just enjoying being back in Oakland, being in the Coliseum, getting to kind of put a stamp on those relationships that were formed the first five seasons I was here. And uh, I couldn't have asked for, for a better finish on a personal level than to come back to Oakland and be with the people that helped mold me into who I am as a, as a baseball player and as a man. And it's just fitting that Kurt Suzuki on the <laughs> other end will have the tribute video to him yesterday as he's a lot like you. He's great people, known him for a long time, and the two of you kind of going out together to Oakland A's backstops, going to be special. And you weren't lying, and this wasn't on one of our conversations. When you were walking by one day, you said, man, I love this. I'm going to ride this thing out. I, I, I'm up there doing my TV hit today. I look down. And you're working on your backhand down here. And I'm like, he is. You're get to the very – you're done tomorrow, and you're going to work till the very last minute. Yeah. It, you know, I. it's who I am. It's the way it should be. It's being a professional. Uh, just because you know you're leaving your job in a couple days doesn't mean the work stops. Um, you know, today I wanted to get my first base work in in case something happens tonight and I, and I get to go in there and play or – and I worked on my catching. Uh, I get to catch tomorrow, and I want to make sure that I'm ready for Kent because it's his day, and that's your job. Your job is to be prepared to do whatever it is you need to do. There's no days off. There's no, there's no time to waste, and I would, I would never forgive myself if I took game 161 off. It goes against everything we talk about. You never know which pitch, which swing, which ground ball, which throw, which fly ball. You never know which win is going to click, and then it changes your career. And I've heard that my whole career from Jimmy Hoff, field coordinator with the Tampa Bay Rays. He said, you never know which rep is going to be the one where it clicks and you then you take off from there. And that's something that, you know, as a 37, almost 38-year-old with 36 hours left in the show, less than 24 hours left in the show now, 
I'm never going to stop working, Tony. And even when I'm done, I'll never stop working. I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming over today with how busy you are. So we'll end on this. There's something about you and the fan base. It became organic. All of a sudden, you just don't, like, get your own chant, right? It's not like we're over in Tokyo and every player had a chant, you know, the bands out left and right field. You got your own chant. There's something about you, this organization, this fan base. It was organic. It was real. And it's special to this day, even when you came in with another team. Can you just put your finger on it, why they picked you and why it means so much? Uh, I mean, this fan base means so much to me and my family. And uh, I've gotten to know, you know, half a dozen or a dozen of them on a personal level and if not more. And they're so special. They're so supportive. They're loyal. Um, you know, I, I think the only thing I can put my finger on is I'm an average-looking guy that takes the field with energy, emotion, passion, and love for the game, no matter if we're the best team in baseball, the worst team in baseball, if I'm 0 for 32, or if I'm 32 for 32. I take the field with the same energy every single day, and I bring it. And there's nothing on this planet I love more than playing and winning Major League Baseball games. And I've been that way from the time I was a little kid. I've dreamed of playing in the Major Leagues from the time I was two years old. And I get to do it until almost my 38th birthday. And I'm so thankful for that. And I'll never take one day for granted. I'm going to take the field tomorrow with all the energy and passion you've ever seen. And I'm probably going to walk off of it with tears in my eyes because – what this game and what this place in Oakland has given me and my family, the opportunities that it provided that I was fortunate enough to take and run with, with the support of my beautiful wife, Alyssa, our kids, my dad, and my whole family and friends and support system, and most importantly, the fans. You guys gave us and gave me energy to play every single time here, and uh, I think that's why. It's green-collar baseball. I know we're not supposed to use that hashtag anymore, but... Uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's something that when I felt, when I saw Green Collar, I'm like, man, that's me. I'm a punch the clock, get your work in, and take the field, and be blessed and be honored to get take the field in the big leagues every single moment you get. Well, I'll tell you what, we're gonna end this on a high note. You're better than average looking. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank hey, you. our last as a player interview on A's Cast Live as a player, but you're gonna be around a long time, and uh, you've meant a lot to us. Thank you very much. It means a lot. It's not a uh, it's not unnoticed, and I and I greatly appreciate the way you're all treating me. Thank you. The great Stephen Vote right here on A's Cast Live. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Streaming from Ricky Henderson Field, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, he thought he was going on vacation. He thought, you know, golfing, or he's going to go see his Green Bay Packers play. He thought he was out of here. 
But no, he is coaching third base. And unfortunately, in our, our thoughts and prayers go out to Darren Bush and his family in Florida after Hurricane Ian. And hopefully everything's going okay. Uh, but Fran Reardon is up coaching third base, and he's going to be here for the end of the season. He's been with the ball club. Of course, we always see him down in Vegas. Uh, we love having him on the program. How are you? You know, I, I couldn't be any better. It's a beautiful day here in Oakland, and uh, to be able to go out and coach third base and, you know, just be around a lot of the guys that I've been with all year in the last couple of years, just fantastic experience. I think about your fingerprints have been all over this team. As Mondu, I, I, is he in the lineup? I haven't checked the lineup. Is oh, he yeah. Lineup? He's in the lineup. He's so in seventh, that, playing that, second. That's, that's player number 64 for the A's this year. I want to give everybody a quiz. Can anyone name all 64 guys that have played here this year? But these are all guys that have played for you. What does that mean for you? Well, that, that's what makes this trip extra special for me. You know, I, I haven't been with the Major League Club after a AAA season since 2018 for, for various reasons. You know, there's COVID and you know, the, the, our season's ending at the same time a couple times in the last three years. So to be able to come up here and to see all the guys that I have been with uh, mostly this year, uh, we have a heavy influence of, of AAA Las Vegas Aviators players here. And, you know, throughout the last two, three years of my AAA coaching experience, it, it makes this these these four or five games I've been with the team so so special. And to, to see a guy like Nate Mondu get his first opportunity in the big leagues tonight and for me to be able to be a part of that and to watch it live really means a lot to me. Oh, I bet. I mean, these are your guys, and we have talked to you about how emotional and the conversation of of telling young players or, you know, telling them that their dream's coming true about being a big leaguer or guys who thought maybe they'd never get back. And that's a huge part. But the one thing we have talked about with this season a lot is the coaching aspect with all the players and trying to teach them how to win. Just talk about what it's been at the AAA level and what you've now seen up here, just all the instruction that's going on. Yeah, uh, I mean, you hit it right on the head. This has been a, a, a big year of teaching and coaching, and I've seen it here in the last five games. I've been a part of the Major League staff and, and listening to them talk and how they keep preaching, you know, guys need to still get better, guys need to still work, and you see it today, just the second last day of the, the season, and guys are out here for early work. Guys are busting their humps, doing everything that they need to do to get prepared to play, play the game tonight, and also doing things that are going to make them better players in the future. So there was a lot of that in the AAA season this year, and, you know, I, I like to think that our staff in AAA did a good job of preparing these guys and teaching and coaching every day and it's just really refreshing to come up here at the major league level and see the same kind of intent the same kind of purpose and the same kind of teaching and coaching going on so last night's game I think you and I are probably thinking the same thing I don't know at what point in that three hours and 49 minutes were you going boy I missed the pitch clock <laughs> well, the the pitch clock is uh, is something that I I know is coming to the big leagues next year, and it, it factually sh shaves quite a bit of time off the games. And yeah, it, honestly, last night I didn't even know the game was 3:49. Uh, I just enjoyed every second of it, and time was flying for me last night, so I wasn't even thinking about that pitch clock. Three hours and 49. <laughs> the reliever they had. I'm not mentioning his name, but. He was, it was taking him like 34 to 36 seconds per pitch. Well, he's going to have to make an adjustment next year because uh, we, we watched our guys try to make that same adjustment, you know, midseason, and uh, it's, it's definitely an adjustment. It's definitely uh, something that these guys have to think about, and it's something that the coaching staff has to think about, and it really does have an effect on the game. Does it change velocity at all? Um, it, it depends if it's a starter or a reliever. You know, relievers are more built to come in and blow it out for an inning or two, and, and starters need to go as long as they can and conserve energy. 
Um, so you would see it more with, with starters, especially when he, they were dealing with traffic in any given inning where there's, there's only 14 seconds to throw a pitch with nobody on, and then there's 19 seconds with, with a runner on. Uh, I think Major League Baseball did a good thing increasing those time limits from 14 to 15 seconds with nobody on and 19 to 20 seconds with a runner on. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes you could see the guys get fatigued during an inning, and, you know, you have to really think about using mound visits at that time, which, of course, they've limited in the last few years to, to five mound visits. I think it's going to six next year. But there's definitely strategy involved, and the pitchers really have to make adjustments to get them refocused if they're offline, get them uh, get their mechanics back in line, and you don't have that much time to do it. There's no stepping off the mound, walking around, uh, thinking about things that you need to do because that pitch clock doesn't stop for anybody. So, yeah, there's that, that aspect of the game, and, and you know we'll see how it, how it plays out at the major league level next year. Shifting. Thank God. See you later. Infielders in the dirt, two on the left, two on the right. Big difference. I mean, it's going to go back to playing how – how you you know back in the day guys would shade if you're a pull hitter you shade a little bit or if you're a guy that's going the other way maybe you know the shortstop would play up the middle for a right-handed I mean there was always a little bit of movement but it got so dramatic with putting the shortstop out in right field playing rover like we did for so many years with Marcus Simeon are you gonna be happy to see that again at the big league level I am I'm really excited about it big league level minor league level uh you know it's going to reward good hitting where that, that's been taken away with the shift in the last 10, 15 years. And I think it's going to bring more excitement. I think guys are going to be playing in the, the natural positions where they've trained their entire lives, and I think, I think the game will be a better product. I, I, I don't know about bigger bases. I, people are saying it's like a medium-sized pizza box. Uh, what do you think about the bigger bases? Uh, it depends what pizza, pizza company you're talking about. But I'm thinking <laughs> large, large to extra large because extra these things, la- these things are large. huge. I tell you what, I went over to Coach Third in Seattle the, the first the first day I did it, and I, I just kind of went over to the bases and kicked it a little bit, and it seemed about half the size. And I know it's not that drastic, but the size difference is is very, very, very noticeable. And you know, the effect it had in the game, I haven't seen the numbers, Chris, but I, yeah. I, I can tell you that it, I didn't notice anything drastic from the, the naked eye. And if it, make, if it makes the game safer for the players, anything that, that reduces injuries and, you know, get, keeps players out of harm's way, I'm all for. When you think about the A's farm system, all the players that you're dealing with, we know the players that are going to be coming up. How excited are you for what we have in our system? Yeah, just just in a, a short look with uh, guys like Zach Geloff and Kyle McCann and Tyler Soderstrom coming up the last uh, week, week and a half of AAA and having the success that they had, uh, I, I know that we're we're in good shape in in some positions and uh, you know we, we don't have a lot of depth in other positions, but the guys we have coming up, the guys who are going to be close to banging on the big league door next year, are I, in my opinion pretty special players, and I'm looking forward to their further development and uh, see see where they start off the year next year. Crystal ball, Jordan Diaz. We know he can hit, no question. Where do you think he fits long-term defensively? You know, I think that's a, the question that, that uh, the Major League staff is addressing, and uh, I think the focus with Jordan Diaz is going to be finding a place where he's comfortable and getting him as many reps in the offseason and getting him as many reps in spring training, working with Eric Martins, who's doing a fine job with the infielders, and, and coming up with a plan so he's not moving all over the field and he finds a little bit of stability on the defensive side of the baseball because everyone can see what he can do with the bat. It's pretty special. And, and Tyler, I mean, he's been a prodigy. I mean, obviously his dad played in the big leagues. I played against his dad in college. His dad was a first-round pick by the Giants, and he grew up there in the Central Valley with his dad's school playing, so playing against guys a lot older than him. He's so developed. 
Is he one of those guys that we can say, don't look at his birth certificate, don't look at his ID, I don't want to know how old he is. This kid can flat out hit. He needs to be here. Yeah, uh, his bat is special, and you see it with the season that he had over three levels this year where you know, he had 30 home runs and uh, you know, drove, in a, drove in 100, and that's moving from high A to double A to triple A and having the same sort of success and doing the same things with the bat. Uh, one thing that was great to see about Tyler in the short look when he was in Las Vegas was his progression as a catcher. The last time I had seen him on a regular basis, catching was at the outside in San Jose in 2020. And he was just very raw because he's a very young kid and he's just learning the professional game. And to see the development that he, he's had in the last two years coming to Vegas and really really showing some maturity and handling the staff and calling a game and blocking and working hard, it was really, really nice to see. And uh, I, give, I give Tyler a lot of kudos for working that hard because you can tell he put the work in. You know, the last time we were down there was that two-game series against Cleveland. And we've now had Sandy Alomar Jr. on the program a lot. And, of course, he's a star down there for all of his years when he was in AAA for the Padres and he was blocked by Benito Santiago. He was such a great player. He's loved in Vegas. And, I, and I've thought about you now having been there for years. You're a part of, like, the Vegas community now. You guys get great support. What is your relationship like with Las Vegas? I mean, it's all love. Uh, the, the front office for the Aviators, they, they, they treat the staff and the players and the fans and the community uh, like they're the, the greatest thing in the world. And it's, it's about respect. It's about uh, taking care of people. And the community really responds to that. The players really respond to that. The staff really responds to that. And it's a very, very symbiotic relationship that I have with their front office. And it makes it easy for the players to come to work every day when you're going to such a beautiful environment. And it's something that I never take for granted, especially after the COVID season where there was no baseball in 2020. To be able to go back last year in 21 and to see fans come back and to see the excitement and just to be able to go to work in such a beautiful place every day, uh, it's just a really, really good situation in Las Vegas. Let's talk football. How's your Packers? Well, I, I was going to correct you out of the gate. I'm, I'm, I'm a Bills fan. You're a Bills fan? Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought not you were just, from Wisconsin. No, I'm from Buffalo. Not just oh, a bandwagon Bills fault. fan since they got good. It was 20 years of horrendous football before you, they got then, good. Then, you, you know, know, I stand corrected. How about that? <laughs> Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Exactly. I'll talk about the Packers. They, they kind of stink right now, even though they're 3-1. and one. But the, the, the Bills, they're just exciting to watch. I think Josh Allen is one of the most talented players in the NFL. There's no question. And he can do some things that just other quarterbacks can't do and he's a lot of fun to watch he's a great leader he cares about the the team the the community and he's a great uh, representative for what buffalo is all about which is working hard blue collar and winning there is really green bay is so different because it's so small it's such a unique having i used to work for the raiders so i've been to all these places green bay is a city like that because it's so small the town owns the team it's great but you look at buffalo as you mentioned, I don't think there's any place like Buffalo in the NFL. How freezing cold it gets. As you mentioned, hardworking. Um, the tradition is different, Green Bay. They're actually, you would say they're kind of similar, but you just think about the Buffalo Bills. I mean, just talk about that and that relationship because they're going to get a new stadium. They're going to stay, and that's what's great because 
man, what a relationship those fans have had, and the Bills mean so much to them. Yeah, the Bills are, are woven into the fabric of that community at, at every level, and it's not just Buffalo proper. It's all the suburbs. There's, you know, We have fans from Canada. We have fans from Rochester, Syracuse, and it just makes for like uh, just a beautiful melting pot of people. You go to a game, and it's a, it's a community. It's a party. There's craziness. There's uh, you know theatrics. There's, there's hijinks, but at the end of the day, People just have a lot of fun, and they really can relate to the Bills teams that we've had there the last two, three years, and it's been great. Coldest game you've ever been to? Oh, I've, I've been to a game when I was in high school. It was probably minus 10. And, <laughs> and you know, you, you crack open an adult beverage, and before you take your first sip, the entire adult beverage is frozen over. I've had a couple of those, those games in my uh, Bills fan career. <laughs> Actually, Twitter has shown the crazy stuff that goes on in the parking lots of Bills games. There's a lot of crazy stuff that happens. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned crazy. It, it was it wasn't in the first group of glowing adjectives I used about Bills fans, but yeah, they do some wild stuff there, and I don't get to that level jumping off uh, campers onto folding tables or squirting <laughs> ketchup and mustard in my face. But uh, I tell you what, I appreciate the people that are willing to put themselves on the line like that. But I'm, a, I'm a little too afraid of injury, and uh, you know, you're not taking a shower at uh, Ralph Wilson Stadium after you get ketchup and mustard in your face. So <laughs> I'll right. stay away from that. So season ends. Any big plans before we let you go? Any big plans for the off season before you start up next year? Well, I'm, uh, I go on a golf trip every year with seven friends, and we go down to a great golf course outside of Norfolk on the Chesapeake Bay down in Virginia. And uh, it's it's kind of a tradition, kind of an end-of-the-year thing that I've, I've done since I've been in baseball. And it's a good, good time to wind down, play some golf, be with good friends. And then after that, I'll be going home to my, my family and hanging out with my kids as much as I can until uh, spring training starts. And, you know, we'll be back there again this year. We're going to be uh, back in Vegas playing two games. Yeah, and it's going to be a beautiful thing. Can't wait. Thank you so much. We always appreciate the time. We'll talk to you down in spring training. You got it. Thanks, Chris. Coming up next, Eno Saris will join us from The Athletic, our national baseball columnist right here on A's Cast Live. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Yeah, what a great day, huh? It's been an unbelievable day. Weather's fantastic. Got the A's, got the Angels. This is it. Got one more game tomorrow. By the way, how's that? Uh, how's that? Uh, we're all ending at one o'clock tomorrow. Working out. 
Can't wait. Well, I mean. So random. Well, I, I haven't even looked today because I was dragged to a brewery today by Eno Sarah, so I haven't had time to look at what's going on with my job. Uh, what, uh, what's Judge, Judge did not hit 62, they, but they did win game I'm one. over that, okay? I'm over that. I, I want to know what's going on with my, my Braves versus your Mets. Uh, your Braves. Yep. Uh, my Braves. Well, I thought we were Mets guys. Oh, that's right. I forgot. We're Mets guys. How are my Mets doing? The, uh, aren't they playing a double dip They, today? Uh, they were up. Uh, let's see. They ended up winning the first game 4-2. Oh, that's right. I forget we have a scoreboard. Braves up one nothing. so if the Braves win, they, they win the division. That's right. That's pretty much a foregone conclusion, right? The Bra- I, I you love, think the I love chaos. Getting, I want, I, but do you I think want the Braves is getting, to, like, sweep can, can we Can we play the man's intro? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me one second. It's been a I'm getting back into the fray here. Okay. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Yeah, the whole let's all end, same date, same time, last day, was about all the chaos. Uh, I don't think we're going to have... Any chaos because the playoffs are already set. It's now really about the East. What's going to happen with the Mets and the Braves? might be decided at any minute now. And if the Braves are fourth inning, what's going on with the Mets and the Nats? Well, the the Mets won the first one. Okay, so they. But it almost doesn't matter. The Braves have to win one game, and they're up one nothing. I do love chaos, though. I love the idea that the Marlins could sweep the Braves in the last three games. After the Braves sweep the Mets. Yeah. That, that, you know, but that's what you want. It's something I can laugh about because I'm not a Braves or Mets fan. Well, it, it, and it's it, it's what they wanted on this date, right? The final day of the season. There was one season where we had where everything was up in the air. Oh, Tampa was hitting the walk-off home Evan run. Evan Longoria. 2011, I believe it was. Evan Longoria. Yeah, it was crazy. We were in a, in a sports bar where they had all the games on, and we are like, we don't know which one to watch because it was so crazy. And you want to replicate that, and you thought that. But yeah, but then you expanded the playoffs, dude. Will we really have that big of a difference, though, at this point? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you would have the some, last Somebody would be playing. The Padres would be playing to get in. Yeah, the Padres would be playing to get in. It would be the Padres and the uh, Phillies would still be playing to get in. I would I – would, I would sacrifice Padre Philly drama for a tournament in the postseason. You like the bigger, the like bigger yeah, postseason. Yeah, we're going to get more bang for our buck off more playoffs than – It is better than a one, of us, one and done, right? That's kind of – Well, I mean, like right now, I mean, for the average person, you can't even watch a Padres-Phillies game unless you're paying for the package. That's right. Right? So we're going to get it for if you have cable or whatever you have. So YouTube most of the TV. world doesn't even know what's going on with no, Padres-Phillies. No, no. But then the playoffs is on TV for everyone. You're getting it on FS1 or you're getting it on mm. ESPN. So more bang for the buck for the fan for the game, we'll get it with expanded postseason then. Oh, my God, are we really – is the average per, like the average person right now is just getting off work. Are they like, what's happening with the Padres and the Phillies? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think that's where we're kind of kind of going to be. We'll get more out of it with the expanded postseason. Like, we're taking Friday off. I said, okay, uh, we go right into our offseason. We'll start Monday. We'll be our offseason shows, Ace Cast Live 1 to 4, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But I'm like, we got to 
not do that on day one of the playoffs. I mean, who the hell is going to be listening to us? We're going to have four playoff games. Well, we're going to at some point in the playoffs, we're going to have a, a live watch party over at uh, at Fieldwood Brewing. We that just is scouted correct. that spot, San Leandro. Watch for details. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. It's an absolute great location, and but. Friday, I'm fired up. I'm, I'm ready to sit on my couch. I've got no plans. Going to have TV, iPads going like a sports bar in my house and watch all these games because it's going to be awesome because I've been, I've been doing this. All this stuff, all this stuff that I got in here, all these notes, that 21 pages full of every note you need to know about every game, it means nothing. <laughs> you throw it out the window. means nothing. Dodgers won 100 and. What, they're at 110 now. 111, 112 will not matter. None of that. None of your OPS plus. None of your rated runs created plus. Your expected BS averages won't <laughs> matter anything. All my stuff. Uh, all all my stuff, stuff goes your up stu- the window. Your stuff plus doesn't matter because guess, guess what? So we do we do picks at the Athletic, and guess who was last in picks last year in the in the postseason? Were you? Yes. I kept picking against the Astros because. The one thing that I know is that in the postseason, strikeout rate matters more. Like your batter's strikeout rate matters more. Teams that don't strike out win more in the postseason. Yeah. And the Braves struck out more than any other postseason team last year. And I think they did. They well, did in the okay. regular season. Yeah. But in the postseason, they did. Well, I don't know what they're doing in the postseason. I got to look at their regular season going in. But you can't. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you honestly, you, you, you. When you get into I'm doing picks again, so we'll and, see. It, and it's what guys like you actually hate. It's the human part of it. I don't know whether you hate it. You can embrace it. And I, okay, love it. I shouldn't say you, but there's a it lot just of people puts us in a bad place because who we're used to, you know, we're used to saying, you know, we want to like, for example, like the Braves. I grew up uh, in Atlanta. Did you? Yeah, I really did. Uh, uh, I was there from '86 to '94. And so I saw them when they were bad and uh, got hooked, and then I saw them get good. And uh, you can't tell me that that wasn't a dynasty. You can't tell me that wasn't an amazing team. They won one time, you know. But they so still won a lot. They won a lot of straight games. years is yeah. incredible. But to me, like, I, I think that what you do as someone who runs a team or someone who's into analytics or somebody who's into numbers is, or even if you're into, you do fantasy, what you do is you do the, you make the right choices, small right choices. You make the right choices with the numbers, say, for the most part, and you build up, you build up, and you win, and you win, and you win, and eventually you win in the postseason. Now, I think there hasn't been a team that has tested that, that theory more than the A's. Okay. But <laughs> I'm not Amazon, so I don't have an algorithm that has people go online, pick stuff that you want to buy, and then I make sure it gets in boxes and gets delivered to your house, and my algorithm makes that happen. Mm-hmm. I'm dealing with human beings. Right. So all of a sudden, once we take these human beings, A, we've changed their schedule. Mm-hmm. They're not playing every day anymore. Uh-huh. We're now got days off. We now got TV. So you change the way you can deal with these human beings, and the real pressure of the playoffs is different from every day, and that's something where guys step up. Guys can be heroes that are guys that your numbers may not love, but they end up showing up big. And sometimes they only have to show, like our buddy Jeff Blum. Jeff Blum's a World Series hero. Yeah. Who's Jeff? Did Jeff Blum ever an analytic darling? No, but I actually I think what you're you're stepping on there a little bit with the the postseason schedule. I think that's a big part of why it didn't work out as well for the A's in the postseason so far. Uh, that's the big difference between the postseason and to me, in terms of uh, of structurally, is the rest days. And you see 
somebody like the Nationals come in and just say, yeah, we don't have a bullpen. Yeah. Yeah. But we do have five really good starters. And so we're going to get, like, they got something like 85% of their innings from their starters. And the Giants kind of did that a little bit, too, with Bumgarner, you know, like when they won. So, you know, you can play games and, like, depth matters. Like, one of the things that they've been really good here, I think, is having really good depth and having good teams that are good top to bottom and having no – when they are really good, they're just – everyone is every one of the players is above average or good, you know. That matters less in the postseason. I think it matters a little bit more. Do you have an Acuna? And, you know, the, the A's have not traditionally had, you know, somebody like that. You know, it's so funny. It's, it's basically based on television because these players are used to playing. I mean, we've had a stretch of 17 straight games this year. We've had a stretch of 16. I think we have two where we did 16. So they're used to getting on planes and going city to city to city. This is just all about television. TV wants – like TV during the regular season wants every day, right? Yeah, I, I would – I wish we played the same throughout. I wish we just said a seven-game series, we're playing seven, seven days. <laughs> I wish we would do that because then you'd really see the true depth would win, like the best teams normally. Because now it's a crapshoot. Uh, you know, I think about the Dodgers. Perry Manassi and the GM, I heard him on uh, Sirius XM on MLB Channel in the offseason. I'll never forget this. I'm driving to the golf course. He goes, the average team will use 13 starting pitchers. I was mm-hmm. like, what? That's a lot. And then I looked it up. Dodgers, pretty good team, 110 games. Mm-hmm. They use twelve. They've used 12 different guys. Yeah, and 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 that's that's totally true. And then, but you really only use sort of seven to nine. Uh, you really only use seven to nine for big innings. You know, so there is a there is like a how many of those guys are just pop up. You know. Uh, do we have breaking news? We have breaking news. Do, 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 do. Breaking news. We breaking should have news. our breaking news sounder. Oh, yeah. You don't need me. <laughs> Live from the ABC Sports Desk <laughs> in New York, I'm Eno Saris. Breaking news from, they're in Texas, right? At the ballpark in Arlington. High fly ball, deep left. There it goes, sailing into history. He's done it. He has done it. 62. Aaron Judge is the American League single season home run leader. BAL King, case closed. So I don't know how to speak Japanese. I've been to Japan twice, you know, Konichiwa. I think certain things got me by. Um, how do you say runner-up in Japanese? I don't know. Because I want to go over to Shoyo Tani and go, you had a great year. Yeah. Uh, you will be the runner-up to the American League MVP. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I, I've, uh, I've got an interesting other angle that is actually Japanese as well. So over in Japan, uh, Munataka, uh, oh man, I, I forgot his last name. I'm so sorry, but uh, the big guy coming out next. The right? big guy coming out next uh, hit his 56 homer, and they all celebrated it uh, in the local media as uh, having broken a record. Uh, however, Vladimir Ballantine has the record. He has 60 home runs in Japan. Uh, and they were sort of treating it as like, oh, um, but he has the sort of homegrown record. He beat Sadahara Oh, like the. He's got the Japanese he, record. Yeah, it's the not Jap- an American. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, or a, or a Dominican. I don't I don't know exactly uh, where Ballantine's from, but uh, you know the. Um, 
it is it's kind of parallels a little bit here where they're like, we're going to make a big deal out of 62, and, uh, you know, don't worry. It's the AL record. I don't know how many times. Like, it's not when Barry, like, when Barry broke, you know, when Barry hit, Barry hit 73 or whatever, they didn't celebrate when he broke the National League record. No, because when he broke the record, he was also breaking the National League record because McGuire had the that's record. Right, he was the National right. League guy. But we I never even think, talked about I, that's what I'm saying. the National League record. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a little bit of uh, erasing Or it's uh, like when Dan history. Marino <laughs> broke the touch. It's the AFC record. Yeah. Not the, it's not the you – know, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ballantine's from Carousel. There you go, Carousel, baby. That's uh, Andrew Jones' territory. Wow. Well, I see where they're – I mean, I – Every, people, I think hardcore baseball people want to say, oh, 73, it's in the records books. And then someone like my wife would go, Barry Bonds cheated, he shouldn't. My wife also thinks the Astros shouldn't have the World Series. That's right. That's right. right. Certain this people, is, right and wrong is really easy for certain people. For us in sports, we have troubles with it. Well, that's another angle, too. We're part of the media, so we might be complicit in this, but we want to celebrate things as they happen. And so, like, you know, you'll uh, you'll hear on the radio, this is the first time since 1925 that this has happened. Or, you know, we always are trying to, like, put things in context. So, like, you know, we want to celebrate this as a record-breaking achievement, and so we want to say this is an amazing achievement. He hit 62 homers, and so the best way to say that shorthand is to say he broke the American League record, I guess. So when you look at his year, it's truly incredible. Top 15 uh, offensive season in the history of baseball. In modern-day baseball, if we just said – because. The guys that have matched this, I've seen Stan Musial had a year like this where he led in everything except he was one home run short, but one home run got called off because the game was rain, because there was rain. Whoa. Yeah, they had this on MLB Now. He hit a home run, and instead of, like, coming back and redoing it, they scrapped the game. And t- so he actually would have led in every category. So you have those you have those yesteryear, like for really modern-day, modern-day, I don't know if we've ever seen a year like this. Yeah, because I, I was looking at it, too. Musial, you know, you've got some guys, uh, Williams, you've got some guys who did a pre-free agency, you know, and I think that's a little bit, I, I don't know, I don't know why I think it's differently. I think the pre-free agency, there was just like, you stayed with your team forever. The diff- baseball was just so different. Since free agency, since 1974, that's one era that we have. Um, the Triple Crown uh, people is just Miguel Cabrera and Aaron Judge if he if he gets it you know so that's that's two. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty. Amazing. And then if you add and and when Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown, he didn't win the home run race by twenty. You know and hit sixty two homers. Well, and Judge is leading in everything. Yeah. Run scored, total bases, OPS, OPS plus. I mean, anywhere you want to go, he is your leader. And the fact that the dude is the largest human being <laughs> to have ever played baseball, height, weight. No one's ever been as big as him, and he's played the majority of his time in center field. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. I do think it's it's worth wondering, like, you know, we're, someone's going to give him a big contract, you know. I always think about, like, Rick Smiths and, like, you know, big people and how they age, you know. And I just wonder if, you know, he's had these, these seasons where he's had injuries and we seem to we forget about them when you, at the end of a superlative season like this. But whoever's, like, mocking this contract up in the next front office, you know, the next thing, next time, one of the next times we're talking, we're going to be talking in the winter meetings, we'll be talking about, you know, the big contract Aaron Judge signed. And uh, uh, I just wonder. I just wonder. I mean, one of the biggest ways to, for a big contract, long contract to go wrong is, is injuries. What are you looking at right now? What, what, are you, what do you got your eyes on? 
no, I, I just I'm I'm interested in a couple of things. One of the things that the new format where we got the three games, but there's a bye. Um, is you know I did some research on coming back from COVID, and when I one of the things that really kind of uh, popped for me in this research um, on that piece was that there are things that baseball players do that go away in three to five days. In terms of max running speed, for example, if you don't hit your max running speed over a five-game period the, or five-day period, you actually have to do some training to get back to your max running speed. Wow. You will lose some of your max running speed. Another one of the things that is is fast twitch speed. So you can, over even the all-star break, over a five-day period, lose some of your fast top fast twitch speed, which is like bat speed. It's like yeah. reaction time. And you talk about players, you know, I need to get my timing back and timing, timing, timing. What happens to the Dodgers when they sit for five days we see waiting it. for somebody? We come. see it in sports, right? It's like those teams in the NFL that get that by. Or how about in college where, you know, in college, the big bowl game, teams have sat for 29 days. And now all of a sudden it's like now start hitting each other again. Now start playing. It's like you take these human beings away from what they're doing. And I think that's so interesting because what, you know, the fast twitch is also hand-eye coordination. It's also your brain being able to decipher and make decisions so and fast. And you're not going to do that in practice. I mean, Sean Dulo is like, you know, he tells me in spring training, like I don't even get to my, my highest velo in spring training because I'm out here slapping ass, saying hi, you know, and leaving in the seventh inning. You know what I mean? Like how are you going to, in the five days that you're off, be like, okay, we're going to set the machines up real high. We're going to see some 105-mile-an-hour sliders off this machine. But, like, is it really, really going to be like – out here so I, I i i am i'm wondering how many uh high seeds are, are going to uh see some some slough up like some some setbacks from the from the buy time if one of the high seeds loses how much will they be dissected everything that they did every day that they oh are off goodness. how much did you practice what did you do why did you let them go home for two days and this is why i was talking earlier about the braves a little bit you know the dodgers are going to win 110 games or something maybe more and like you know uh, if they lose in the first round we're going to be like oh you're a failure you only have the the one you know the 2020 win which is you know has an asterisk on it because it's a short season and it's like Oh, come on, dude. The Dodgers are really, really good. They're really well run, and they're going to be back again in the postseason next year. And what can you do about, you know, you know they might lobby the, the you know, they might lobby baseball on making the bye period shorter or something. <laughs> well, it, it, it gives you something truly to shoot for from a standpoint of, yes, it's been a long season. Everybody's a little banged up, having a few extra days. If you can figure out how to keep that max speed, if you can figure out – twitch muscle keep stuff still going and be ready to rock game one it will be a big advantage like a like a real serious intra-squad scrimmage with like a like a 500 dollars steak dinner on, on the steak <laughs> and let me tell you something these guys may make a lot of money but from what i understand when, they're cheap when they, when, if you make them play against each other for something like yes. that they, they would actually try hard. there's a reason why these guys show up noon because they want to have lunch for free yeah. even though they make 24 million a year it's <laughs> unbelievable all right i i, I see that um when Just, you, but if you break someone's thumb in the interest squad game yeah that's the other thing it's like, <laughs> then once again how you're gonna see these managers deal with these breaks if somebody has if somebody has some type of issue they're really gonna be screwed like tony gonsolin went out there and what he pitched like two innings coming back and he's got to build up innings if you want to stretch them out or do you just say tony gonsolin sorry you're a two three inning guy for the the, the thing or do you have them throw an inter-squad game and, and risk 
hurting somebody. <laughs> we won't talk to you until ne- next week, so who do you like? Um, I like uh, the Rays getting uh, Glassnow healthy just in time. I don't know, man. Glassnow and Shane McClanahan, like, in two straight games. I, I like, But Glassnow's not going deep in games. No, but they've got a great bullpen too, you know. So like, I don't know. I, I there's something about them getting hot at the right moment. It, oh, you know, you know, like my guardians are that way. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm looking at the Rays over there, uh, and then uh, the Mets is just really interesting because we haven't had. Uh, there's not a statistical link between your September record and how you do in October. Um, and so we like to talk about, you know, getting on a run and, 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 and getting right. And the Mets are not doing that. They're backing their way into it. And they're absolutely everyone's talking about how they're backing their way in. And yet we lose sight of the fact that it's a really good team. So I would, I, I'm thinking the Mets uh, win their first series, and I think the Rays win their first series. Those are two I'm, I'm looking at. I'll give you one. I want to say it was, it was one of the Yankee teams. Was it the 2000 Yankees? They were terrible going into the playoffs. They lost like 15 or something. Was it the 2000 Yankees? Because 0 1, they lost to the D backs. I should know I watched the entire Jeter series on ESPN. Yeah, there was one of the Yankee teams that they finished the season bad, and everybody's like, oh boy, this isn't going to be good. And they won the World Series. Yeah. They were 87 and 74, so it might have been that team. Yeah, there was was 87 and 74 team won the World Series. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it was, it was, it's because they had a horrible September. Mm-hmm. So there there has been, I know at least them, that they did not finish well, and they went on and went. That's what I love about this tournament. It's like it's anybody's game. Just get in. All I have to ask is, did you think the Braves were going to win last year? Did you think the Nats were going to win in 19? Everybody says no. 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 Going back to these guys, no one thought that the Giants and the Angels, the first time we ever saw the two wild card teams in the World Series against each other, no one thought that. Yeah, Yankees were thirteen and seventeen in September in two thousand. That's a good pull, right? Yeah. And then the next year, obviously, the D-backs would beat them. But yeah, how about the Yankees dynasty? This run, playoffs, twenty-four out of twenty-eight years. Uh, yeah. And 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 yet you still have fans calling that they wanted to fire Cashman this year. There's no way they fired Cashman. Oh, they really wanted to fire Cashman this year. Boone Boone would be out. Cashman's out. Who are you bringing in? Joe Girardi coming back? <laughs> he just got fired and the team went to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, 24 out of tw- – go to the playoffs 24 out of 28 years? I, you'd think you'd be golden, dude. You'd think you'd be golden. That's, like a, that's a Spurs-esque run. Yeah. That's like the Spurs in the NBA. Except there's not 16 teams getting in yeah. like the NBA does. That's no, what's crazy. We're getting there. Scoreboard update, Mets up 2-0, bottom of the first. Braves up 2-1. So. Ooh. I'm on Team Chaos. I'm not rooting for the Braves not to make it or not to win the division. I'm just on Team Chaos. I'm rooting for the Marlins to win this game. <laughs> All right. I uh, want something to be. So I want something to be meaningful tomorrow. We're running out of time. Give uh-huh. me, who do you like? Nationally, American League. Who's going to be in the World Series? Oh, World Series. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Dodgers. I'm going to go Dodgers and Yankees. Dodgers, Yankees. Yankees. That, you know what? It, it, baseball just said, thank you, Eno. Mansfred's going to love that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, I got I saw that number, that $44 million, I don't know. It, it was like $44 million, The When did the Yankees play the die? Was it in 78 they played? It was like in 1978. Yeah. Now, then, then they also played in 81, too. But I think it was 78. Obviously, there's no cable. You only got X amount of channels. There's like 44 million people watch the World Series. 
It was a crazy. It was, I it do, was a crazy. Yeah, I do think that part of why people don't watch uh, postseason baseball on TV as much is just that there's so much other stuff going on. We just we've just fractured. Everyone's. I'm watching MMA. What baseball? You know what I mean? Like. Well, all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. I gotta find. I, I don't even watch TBS, TNT, or FS1. <laughs> I gotta find. We used them to have four thing. channels, right? I'm like, well, which FS1? one is it on? Four, five, six, or seven? <laughs> but you know what's, Well, what's good about the college football season is that. Every once in a while, there's a football game you want to watch on FS1. So you're like, oh, but now I can just go into my remote FS1 and it pops up. Uh, I could not tell you what channel FS1 is. <laughs> I just can't. I, I mean, it's not a regular channel for me. I can tell you MLB Network is 729, 730's NFL Network, uh, ESPN 724. I can tell you certain ones. Well, we're going to be surfing all these little channels on Friday, right? Next thing you know, baseball. It's on the Oxygen Channel. I don't know what the <laughs> Oxygen Channel. Come on. We're out of here? <laughs> Why I'm ready? I'm 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 feeling good. <laughs> Give only, us an hour. Not only, not only four games of uh, Major League Baseball on Friday, but we also what? got Spartans in the Running Rebels on Friday. Who too. do you like, uh, San Jose State Vegas? I I don't know. You I like mean, San Jose State? College <laughs> <laughs> football. Okay. Uh, what wh- what are these four games on? The great question. Here, let me pull it. I, Isn't that a problem that we are a baseball show? T- TBS, TBS uh, ESPN. Will be I don't one. know what channel TBS is on. I haven't watched Gilligan's Island in years. <laughs> I haven't watched the Braves aren't on there anymore. So is I don't the know where love it is. boat on there? What do they even run on TBS? Uh, it doesn't. Uh, ESPN. It's also showing us ESPN on here so far. Right. So ESPN probably Podcast. TBS. Isn't that kind of a problem? You got four games and we don't even know where they are. Well, at least they're not on Apple Plus and Peacock. Peacock. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, as they told you, when you wake up in the morning on Sunday, nothing better than Pittsburgh against uh, Miami. <laughs> Breakfast with the Pirates and Marlins on the peak on Peacock. That's up three nothing now. All they're right. really trying to get one hundred wins. Chaos. All right. Marlins. Can we play the, Can we play his outro, please? The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. And we will be having a watch party. We don't have a date yet at Fieldwork in San Leandro. We will be there. All right, thank you everybody for watching A's Cast Live. We had Steven Vote. We had Mike Gallego. We had Eno Saris. We had the great Fran Reardon. Sean Murphy tomorrow, 10 a.m. Sean Murphy, 10 a.m. Marcotte. We're, really, we're going out the bank. Vince Catronio and Roxy. I might not even go. I might just sleep right here. In the, <laughs> tell Dave Renetti I'm sleeping in the stands <laughs> with the possums. We'll see everybody tomorrow right here on A's Cast Live. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Bar.com.
The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 